Hello and welcome to Hope Community Church, Helensburgh. We're a new church with a desire to bring our hope in Jesus Christ to the people of Helensburgh and beyond and live as a community shaped by the gospel. If you live in Helensburgh or are just passing through, we'd love you to join us sometime. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.15 at the Helensburgh and Lowman Civic Centre. But now, here's the latest sermon from Hope Community Church, Helensburgh. You can find the Bible references and more information in the episode notes. Our reading today continues our series looking at the the book of Galatians and we uh, are beginning chapter 3 today and we're going to read verses 1 through 14. So Galatians chapter 3 verses 1 through 14. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and work miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him, as righteousness. Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree so that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. This is the word of God. Amen. Thanks be to him. Sometimes uh, we might say someone has been put under a spell, or they've, they've been put under their spell. Uh, maybe someone seems to, to change a lot. They seem to, to listen to someone else or to some ideology, and it's like they're, they're over, uh, like they're under a spell. And when Paul writes this letter, he's, he's writing to these people. Uh, and what he says, he asks them is, who has bewitched you? He's saying it's as if they're under some sort of spell. There's something wrong. They've been convinced of something that is wrong. And as we've seen in other weeks, and as, we've, uh, as we'll see more of today, what they've been bewitched by is they have been turned away from faith in Jesus and are instead relying on themselves, on their works of the law. And so Paul asks, O foolish Galatians, he doesn't mince his words, who has bewitched you? If we we don't have faith, 
if we forget about faith, then it's as if we're under a spell and, and we're relying on something else going away from faith. And fortunately, Paul gives a remedy for the Galatians that we'll see and a remedy for us to remember because what this is about is having faith, not as some vague ethereal thing, but faith in a person uh, and faith in what he has done. What it is about is faith in Christ crucified. And uh, we often do speak about faith and maybe if you've been to church before, you've heard this word faith and people mostly think that it means believing in something contrary to evidence. But that's not what the Bible is talking about before. It's it's something far more real, far more solid. Recently, we've been talking about being justified by faith. And uh, what that means is we believe that uh, when we trust in Jesus, that we are in a, a relationship with God where he sees us as innocent, as good even in his eyes, that we are accepted by God as his own children, beloved by him and with him forever. And this message of, of faith, it's, it's a wonderful the thing, isn't it? It's freeing because instead of guilt and shame because of the wrong that we do, the things that are wrong with our hearts, God deals with it and he says he forgives it. And we have that full acceptance from the one who knows even the deepest, darkest places of our hearts, our deepest, darkest thoughts and desires. And it's in him that we place our faith. Faith is not this vague thing. It's trust. It's reliance. Um, that's more what it is. You know, um, if you're crossing a bridge, you you believe that it, it can do what it's doing. If you're flying in a plane, you believe that it can fly. You might not know exactly why, but you trust that it will do what it's supposed to do. You know that you'll be safe because you, you trust the, the, the engineers, you trust the science and, uh, and so on. Uh, you rely on these things. And it's the same with Christ in a, in a way. Um, or, or, or to put it another way, we trust people who are friends or, or our spouse or, or uh, a family member, not out of some blind faith in them, uh, but because we know them. We know their character. We know what they're like. And, and that can allow us to trust them. We have faith in them. Uh, and when it comes to, to faith in God, it's the same. We, we have faith in a person. We have faith in Jesus. And we see what he is like in the Bible and we trust in him and yet of course there are people who who don't believe in this and even for those of us who do believe what we often do is try and go our own way we uh we think as these galatians did paul talks about works of the law of doing all the things in the old testament and thinking that that makes us acceptable to god that that makes god love us and, and if we if we don't believe we do the same thing because we think we've got to do certain things and that makes us a good person and what we what we're doing then is we're living in self-reliance we're living for self at self-reliance faith is so much more than a moment in time it's a lifetime of reliance not on ourselves but reliance on jesus himself it's faith in that person so what we're talking about is faith uh, and uh, not relying on self i think that's what paul is really communicating um here so i want us to see first of all faith is the only 
um, way of life. And that's really the first uh, five verses. Faith is the only way of life. The thing that's causing this spell, this bewitchment to be over the Galatians, the, the people living there, is that they have tried to live without faith. They have tried to live without God's help in their lives. We're, we're, we're kind of going to skip over verse 1 right now, but from verse 2, a lot of these questions are asked of the Galatians. And again, Paul is not shy to tell them what he really thinks. They're foolish. That's what he's saying. He's like, are you so foolish? You can, uh, even in, in, in this translation, you can hear the, the sort of sarcasm come across as he, as he asks these questions. Um, Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? You can, you can hear the sarcasm. Uh, and what he's uh, bringing out is how they've been bewitched. These questions tell us that. Um, the problem is self reliance. This may be an absurd example, but imagine you're given a gift. Imagine you've got an old car, it's beaten up, it doesn't even drive, it barely goes um, when you need it to go, and someone gives you a car. But maybe maybe you feel a bit of pride, as I suppose most of us would. I mean, don't want to hold on to this. It's embarrassing to need someone else. It's embarrassing to, to need to rely on someone else to give something like that. So you go back to the old car, even though you hate it, even though it's really difficult, even though it just causes misery and pain every single day just trying to get to work. And I know it's silly, but it's kind of what the Galatians were doing. They thought that they could go on without God's gift. They thought that they could live without him. They thought, okay, I've believed in him then, and now I just need to go on by themselves. They thought that faith wasn't enough. They thought they needed something more than Jesus, so they tried to live as if Jesus wasn't enough. And again, their problem is self-reliance. They didn't want God's solution. Um, Paul mentioned, says, did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? When they believed they were given a gift, as every Christian is, the, the Holy Spirit. When someone becomes a Christian, they're not left alone. Um, in fact, we can go as far to say that God lives within us. Uh, and we talked last week about being united to Jesus. We are one with him when we believe we have the Holy Spirit. That is the gift that we have. It is a, a supernatural thing. We have the Holy Spirit. And how do we get it? By faith, by trusting in Jesus. So when he asked, did you receive the Spirit by, by, Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? The answer is obvious. It's only by faith. It's nothing that they've done. God isn't with them because they are good people. God isn't with them because they've done this and that, because they've been uh, good Jewish people. God is with them because they have heard about Jesus and they have believed in him. That is the only thing they could claim. It's the only way they could go on. Then verse 3 asks a question, have begun by the Spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? Are they trying to be good people? Are they trying to, to, to live the Christian life, to, to be a good person by their own strength? Is that really possible? And clearly from his question, Paul thinks not again, we can do the same. In verse 4, there's suffering. Why suffer? Well, God is with them and he cares for them. Verse 5 is making the point that God is working in them, that he is there. He supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you. So you do it by works of the law or by hearing with 
faith. The point time and time again is that in everything, God is the one who is with them, that they have done nothing. They have done absolutely nothing and all they need is faith for every single day of life as a Christian, to trust in Jesus as well as we'll see more of later. And Paul's main point, it's ludicrous to think that we can be better people, that we can be better Christians, that we can do it ourselves. The only thing that we need, the only thing that we can count on is not ourselves, but on God, on the gift that he gives, on his uh, and his spirit working within us. It is God-reliance that we need, not self-reliance. We can't, we don't, and we can't go on and uh, as being as Christians without God. He is the one who fuels everything. Uh, and trying to do so, it, it destroys us because it, it leads to insecurity, whether it's in faith or in all parts of life, because we're never matching up, are we? We're never content because we've never got it all. We've never done enough. We're always trying for something. We're always trying to be better people. And then sometimes we... Um, contradictorily put the 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 blame on god why am i like this but the reality is we're often ignoring god and trying to go our own way we try to go our own way we rely on ourselves, and it just makes us miserable because we, we we just can't do it we can't keep going we need something else but god is someone who starts something in us and he will see it through to completion. When we try and live for ourselves, when we try and remove God from the equation, we're, um, well, it's a bit like God is the, the artist. Imagine an artist started a painting and then just left it and said, so you finish it. You'd get a completely different painting, a completely different interpretation, a completely different style. It wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be what was envisioned by the original artist, would it? Uh, maybe you remember I think it was over 10 years ago now, I was about to say a few years, but there was a painting of, of Jesus in Spain, uh, in Zaragoza, I think, and it was badly needing restoration. Uh, it was from the 16th century or something, and so a very devout parishioner decided to, to restore it themselves. Um, uh, and she, she did her best, I'm sure, but uh, maybe you can remember, it was a big story at the time, I wish I had a picture to show, but the, the result was, was, not, was not good. She didn't know what she was doing. Picture looked kind of cartoonish. It just, it didn't look good. She wasn't the artist. She tried her best, but she didn't really know what she was doing. She wasn't the, the original artist. And that's what we're like when we try uh, and go on by our good works, by self-reliance. It's like we're saying, that's enough, God. I can do it by myself. I can go on. I can finish the painting. I can do it. I don't need you. And then, of course, we suffer. We struggle. We don't know what we're doing. We don't know how to deal with things. We're insecure. We're comparing ourselves. We're doing all these things. Often, often because we're relying on ourselves. And so we need to ask ourselves, what, what ways in our life? Where might, we, where might we be pushing God out and trying to rely on self? I think today we live in such a culture that's so individualistic isn't it i suppose it always has been but it's probably clearer now we look into ourselves to find authenticity to find our self-worth to find out who we are and then it doesn't always work out does it it never works 
actually it crushes us and we crush others with our expectations because we've set a standard and when we do that we are pushing God out when we are just looking at ourselves and whether you, you believe or not this morning that is what happens and so the only thing that can save us is faith in Jesus and it always has been because Paul um, in a way, this is quite a, a difficult passage because Paul talks a lot about Abraham, about these Old Testament quotes, uh, all these things. And it, it's quite hard for us to, to understand, even if we've gone to church for, for, for many years. But the point he is making is our second point is that faith always saves. Faith always saves. That is the, the second thing we want to say. And that's important because one of the, the main arguments that people use against Christianity actually is that it's inconsistent. Yes, people can maybe like the idea of Jesus. They can see the love of the cross, perhaps, to some extent. But they say, well, God is completely different in the Old Testament. I don't like the Old Testament God. Yeah, the New Testament one, he seems okay. But the Old Testament one, he seems different. And it seems different because they had all these laws, didn't they? And they had to keep them. Um, and, uh, you know, these Old Testament people, well, they were good because they kept the laws, but it's, it's different. And, of course, it's good to keep God's ways. The, the, the law that God gives is good. But doing these things is the fruit. It's not something we grow ourselves. The, the root is trusting in Jesus, and it's faith in him that brings the growth. Because the point Paul is making is Abraham wasn't saved by being good. The, the father of the Jewish religion, he wasn't saved by being a good person. He was saved because he had faith. Just as Abraham believed, verse 6, uh, believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness, as being good in God's eyes, as being justified, as we might say. And that's a, a direct quote from the, the Old Testament. Abraham was saved because he trusted in God all the way at the beginning of the Bible. It was faith that saved. That's what it did. And Abraham was told, verses uh, 7 and 8, that, that all nations would be saved by him. That this was always God's plan. That the sons of faith uh, are sons of Abraham. It wasn't just for Jewish people and the Galatians needed to hear this. And Paul gives more and more examples. We're rushing through uh, a little bit. But verse 10 says, All who rely on works of the law are under a curse, even. Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law. They were to die, in other words, if they didn't keep every word of the law. So there was no hope without faith in the Old Testament. And then verse 11, another Old Testament quote, uh, a guy called Habakkuk, a prophet, said, that the righteous shall live um, by faith. And he says this to be sure, again, it's only by faith. And in fact, the law is the opposite of faith. Another Old Testament quote from a book called Leviticus, the one who does them shall live by them. In other words, if you try and live by the law, you're bound to do that. You need to keep every single one of them perfectly, not just outwardly, but in your heart or you have a problem. And isn't that exhausting? Isn't that exhausting, having to do all these things? But the point that Paul is making is there is no other way but faith, and there never has been. God has not changed. God will never change. And he welcomes all who come to him in faith. 
Uh, he will not turn anyone away. He does not expect us, uh, because we've now believed, to then be perfect people. Of course, we will grow uh, and we will do good, not of our own strength, not from ourselves, but God working in us. And when we think that we can rely on self, you know, the Galatians were being told, you need to be more like Abraham, you need to be more like Moses, you need to be more like these guys and do these things. But Paul is saying, the only thing you need to have with them is faith, faith in Jesus. God is consistent. The currency that God deals in is faith, trusting in him instead of self. And the Galatians would trust in your, you've got to do it, you've got to do it. And we hate being told what to do, and it just doesn't work. And Paul is destroying any notion that self-reliance can ever save. Me, you, no one. We can't be saved by the works that we do, only by faith in Jesus. And it's not a case of, well, God will see I tried to be a good person. No, God wants to see faith. And again, that's actually very good news because we can't hope to keep all these laws we can't hope to do it Uh, and even if we might uh, if other people might say we're a good person and we might be uh, very nice people but we know in ourselves that we have done wrong in God's eyes that we do things that are wrong in other people's eyes and that we're not perfect what God says trust in me and he welcomes with open arms and actually the solution is in this passage the solution is to look at the cross and that's the third thing faith looks at the cross faith looks at jesus on the cross and and of course it can't be emphasized enough just how central the cross is to the christian faith we can't move on or evolve from it it's looking to the cross of christ and it seems a morbid thing i suppose the the symbol the center of christianity to be a cross the most gruesome death reserved for rebels, for slaves, for nobodies, the worst kind of people were killed in this way, stripped naked, hanging from a cross. It's not an honourable way to die. It was a very shame-filled way. But the message of the gospel takes that shame and dishonour and says that this is where we place our faith. Going back to to verse 1, says it was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified and publicly portrayed they didn't physically see it themselves but it was almost as if it was advertised publicly to them it was almost like a public notice was made it was as if they had seen it It was like um, a picture to them they were to see the cross they were to see Jesus Uh, but why what difference did that make well if we go to the end of our passage christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us for it is written cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree well we just said that the curse of the law means that we die it means that god doesn't forgive us if we try and keep all these things but then we're told christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us self-reliance slays us but when we rely on jesus we see that he has redeemed us from the curse of the law we don't have to rely on ourselves we don't have to to um impress others we don't have to do all these works because christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law 
Uh, the Old Testament, again, um, the book called Deuteronomy says that anyone who is hanged on a tree is under a curse. Again, it's a shameful way to die. And, and what the, the shocking thing is, is Paul is saying that Jesus willingly went on a tree, on the cross, and he hung there, taking that curse so that we could be forgiven. He was a Jewish person. That was shame for them. He claimed to be the son of God. He claimed to be God himself. And he took that curse. He hung on that tree. He took that ultimate shame, that disgrace, so that we could be redeemed, so that we could be forgiven. And redeemed simply means that as the debt is paid, it's wiped away. When Jesus took his last breath on that cross, he said, it is finished. Uh, and the word that he would have said, it was a word that was used when a bill was paid off. It was paid in full. That debt of all our sin paid by Jesus. So when Jesus is publicly portrayed as crucified, that's what he's saying. That this man took that shame, that dishonor, that, that disgrace. He took that curse for us. And so that's where we place our faith. That is where we look. We don't look to ourselves. We don't look to ourselves to be redeemed, to have all the wrong that we've done paid off. We look to Jesus. We look to him on the cross. And when we try and rely on ourselves, that's when we get bewitched. We throw out the most wonderful free gift instead of receiving it and enjoying it. We say, I don't need God. I can do it myself. I'm going to do it myself. We try and make ourselves into our own little gods so that we can be in control. We, it's like we're plagiarizing, we're copying. We're copying God, but we're not very good at it. We can't do it. We mess up. So then we, what's our solution? We try harder and we spiral further and further away from God, bewitched foolishly. Because with ourselves, we look to our own works, the opinions of others, our good name, outward appearances and then we end up looking down on others don't we but when we look to the cross instead of ourselves what do we see we see a broken man a beaten man one whose outward appearance doesn't matter because he's so bloodied and bruised it tells us that the opinion of others doesn't matter because he was rejected by others it tells us that a good name doesn't matter he was despised by them but we look to the cross, we see him taking that in our place. We see him taking that shame for us, redeeming us from the curse of the law, redeeming us from the need to do all these things, from the punishment that we deserve. And so the challenge for, for me and, and for you is what place the cross has in our life. Is it where we look to really? If we ask ourselves that question, those of us who believe, is it where we find our, our forgiveness, our hope? the price for all our sins paid or do we do we just think in ourselves i'm a good person because i go to church i'm a good person because i give to charity i'm a good person because i give up some time for this and that i'm a good person because i've got a good family or i'm a good person because i've got a good job all these things are are self-reliance is it the cross that breaks that bewitching spell on us and shows us that we can't save ourselves that what makes us good in god's eyes is simply trusting in him and, and not just seeing a bare cross but seeing jesus there seeing the price that he paid seeing the the humanity of him that this man went to the cross 
in our place, that we're not just seeing bare wood, but him there publicly portrayed there for us, his love, his compassion, his mercy, so that we can be forgiven, so that we can be his people. It's not just appreciating the cross, but appreciating the man on the cross and loving him, the one who has taken our guilt and shame, has nailed it to the cross and has died for us, taken that curse so that we can be forgiven, so that God is with us, so that we have that spirit and that we are never alone and he will be with us forever. Let's take our self-reliance to the cross. Thanks for listening. Join us every Sunday at 10.15 as we meet at the Helensborough and Lowman Civic Centre. Find out more on our website, hopehelensborough.org.